Adventure Before Dementia is proudly brought to you by station sponsors The Dirt, 26 Light Crescent, Mount Barker, for all your off-road camping needs. everyone, welcome to Adventure Before Dementia here on 88.9 FM Hills Radio and you're with Anita and Mike this morning until 9 o'clock this morning. That was a big long breath there. How are oh. you going Mike? Oh, pretty good. A bit difficult getting out of bed this morning I must say. <laughs> Feeling a bit half here but uh, I'll give you my best half. Yeah, I was going to say that? as long as it's the best, best half. What's on the show today? Well, so glad you asked. We are before, in fact before we talk about what's on the show today let's talk a little bit about us because everyone likes talking about themselves don't they (laughs) hell so why not now of course adventure before dementia is your outback adventure show and we normally try to bring you a bit of a bit of travel talk to people and some products well today we're going to do well probably a little bit of both we are man i am asleep aren't i rewind about us we are Outback Adventurers ourselves. It's been a long night. Haven't had coffee yet. <laughs> uh, we did the big lap, big lap around Australia. It was mostly an off-road trip back in 2011-12, uh, a 13-month amazing adventure in so many ways. And we've worked as freelance contributors uh, for some of Australia's popular 4x4 caravan and camping publications. So we've uh, we've done a bit. And these days we own and manage a off-road camper trailer store in Mount Barker. No guess as to which one that is. And uh, we, so we bring that experience to the show. Yeah, and it's not only camper trailers and things like that, but it's camping gear. Mm. Anyway, today on the show we are talking battery management. Oh, so yeah. if you have is a ever been camping... I reckon, because I always get... <laughs> Well, the thing is, if, if you don't understand oh. uh, 12 volt in either your car or your camper trailer, mm. you can get caught out. Mm. I mean, remember the time we were camping in the Victorian high country? We'd been camping for oh. a couple of days. We were under tall timber, so we yep. weren't getting any solar uh, to our battery supply. And all of a sudden, you know, one day things didn't work. <laughs> we couldn't work it out because we'd had, we'd had an Anderson plug running from the car to the camper and, you know, Anderson who, who plugs unplugged charged us? batteries. Batteries, batteries, and uh, we just we just couldn't understand why mm. it was the case. Mm. And we're going to talk a little about a little bit, in fact, quite a bit about twelve volt systems today. Oh, thank goodness! It's not a snore fest, so I uh, don't think. Oh, geez, battery management. Oh, how boring. Tune out. Uh, listen in. Uh, we've got a. We've actually written a blog on this as well, so we'll put that on our mm. Adventure Before Dementia eighty eight point nine Facebook page, and that sort of ex- explores it a bit more. There's a few more photos, and it. And it uh, gives a bit more detail. And our special guest. Today is Stuart Peddle. Uh, he works for that great South Australian company called Red Arc Electronics down there at uh, Lonsdale. Oh, Just now he knows what he's doing, doesn't he? Yes, and uh, <laughs> he is a, an explorer himself, yeah. loves his four-wheel driving and yes. can't wait to chat to him a little bit later. Excellent. Well, we'll do that, but we'll kick off today's program, I think, with a bit of Keith Urban and, well, what did you say? You came in with your better half today. I didn't say that. You're in your better half today. Here's Keith Urban with You're My Better Half. Keith Urban there with a bit of You're My Better Half. 
And you're listening to Adventure Before Dementia here on 88.9 FM, Hills Radio, with Anita and Mike until 9 o'clock this morning. That you are. And lucky you. <laughs> Why do I say lucky you? Because like, we are talking. Like a bit of Keith Urban. Oh, that was quite interesting, was it? Sounds like a cow. That's um, good. That's very good. Like a bit of cow. Keith Urban. Keith, I was going to say. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> Why, thank you. We are talking battery management this morning. And like we said earlier, while that may sound a little bit boring, it is super exciting. Oh, You're just is. looking at it from the wrong perspective. It's so complicated, I, I feel. It, there, there is a couple of basics involved and once you've, once you've sort of accepted those basics, then it's just you learn by doing. Okay. And like we did when we were camping in the high country, there was no bloody power. <laughs> we learnt by doing. And, uh, Are you going to dumb it down so yeah. I, f- I know what you're talking about? Well... Let me know. <laughs> Let me know if it doesn't make sense. Okay. And we'll start from the basics. So, generally, there are two types of batteries. I mean, there's pr- probably lots more, but the two main types are the the battery that you've got in your car. So when you start your car, um, it provides a short burst of power for a very quick amount of time. It starts the car, and then the running of the alternator in the car charges the batteries, and that recharge just happens within a few minutes. When you go camping, you want a battery that is able to provide power over a long period of time. You want to run a fridge. You want to um, have energy for lights and other things. So, And as a result, uh, we use things called deep cycle batteries, and essentially they are massive batteries filled with huge lead blocks which take what often seems forever to charge. So that's the contrast between the starting battery in the car and the deep cycle battery required to charge your resources. Now, those batteries can take, like I said, a very long time to, to charge up. So before you leave home, you need to charge your batteries up to 100% and then you need to replenish the charge during the day. Now, the first thing that you're going to need from a very basic perspective to monitor your battery's condition is you're going to need a a voltmeter. So that's, you know, it could be a digital gauge, it could be a little needle, and essentially all you need to to understand is that anything above 12.2 is magic (laughs) and 12.8 is fully charged, right? Okay. So just keep in mind, though, when your battery is under charge, that it will read higher than 12.8. I mean, a, a So good does it go down to zero? No. If it goes to okay. zero, uh, somebody's removed the battery. <laughs> so, so what does it mean when it's flat? Okay, 10.5 volts is flat. 10.5. But if you discharge your battery to 10.5 volts repeatedly, you're just going to drastically shorten its life. Mm-hmm. So okay. 12.2, you'll know when your battery's getting low because your, your fridge will start to cycle more often, mm. so that's turn on and off. Mm. Uh, things start behaving in an untoward manner. Can it go higher than 12 point? Yep. Like I said before, when it's under charge, mm. um, a good charging system should get up to, you know, 14.4 14. volts. Right. So if you see it above 12.8, 12.8 is considered fully charged for an AGM battery. That's absorbed glass mat. Just let's call it a deep cycle battery. Let's not get into the jargon. Uh, 12.8, 12.7 fully charged and 10.5 flat. So just 
keep it between 12.2 and 12.8 and it's happy days. So 12 is good, 10's bad and 14 is woohoo. That's it. Right. <laughs> All right. So that's really got, the volt meter. Got that now. Not. <laughs> So if you've got a, um, all right, if we're going camping, say, I've had this question asked lots of times, can I take a kettle and plug it in? Well, if you've got a massive inverter, that's something that converts 12 volt energy to 240 volt, I presume you're talking about 240 volt. Um, A battery in a camper or a car is 12 volts. Uh, Your kettle that you plug into the wall at home is 240 240 volts. Yep. So... Never the two shall meet no. unless you've got a, a, a converting device that we call an inverter and that converts 12 volt to 240. Will it take a kettle boiling? Because that's sort of got <clears> quite <throat> a bit of charge at the beginning, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I think kettles av- on average, um, are they require about 1,800 watts. Oh. 1,800 watts is massive. Yeah. And, you know, that's like, uh, won't do the maths now, but, you know, it's it a lot really, of amps. Won't really work unless so you've got a big one, isn't it? It's not going to work. <laughs> but if you're camping, you'll have a you'll have a campfire, you'll have a portable stove. Yeah. I mean, yep. surely gas-fired appliances boil up things much quicker anyway. What about a hairdryer? I want to dry my hair while I'm camping. Uh, uh, what was the other <laughs> one? Jugs, hairdryers, yeah. microwave ovens are oh. best left to the caravan yep. park. Yep. And if you really need those to go camping, just then get you your, shouldn't be camping. <laughs> just get your partner to buy a monster inverter and a monster uh, battery bank, and yeah, just don't do it. You don't or need it. Just don't do it. Yep, no, it's, right. it's completely different um, charge and power when you're out camping, isn't it? Yep. And there are lots of gadgets out there that are 12 volt. You've they just got to look. But um, I did have a yes, I did have a 12 volt hair dryer. And it lasted once, <laughs> and then it sort of went because it uh, it just couldn't handle it. But there are things like twelve volt electric blankets and yep. things like that, and they don't take a lot of charge, do they? They they. Uh, no, but you can work out how much power uh, your device is likely to draw by going back to school. So <laughs> what you need is oh? is a blackboard, a, <laughs> a, a bit of chalk, and you can write these numbers on the chalkboard. Um, and that is the, the what would you call, the calculation. <laughs> Crikey. I did say it was early. It's watts divided by voltage equals amps. Now, let's just say you've got a fridge. It draws 24 watts, right, when it's on. Divide it by 12 volts because you've got a 12-volt system. 24 divided by 12 equals 2 amps per hour. Now, keep in mind your fridge will cycle on and off Mm. as required when it's cold, maybe not so often when you're up the top end all the time. Might even run run all the time. So it's Mm. two amps. You've got a 100-amp-hour battery. You can only safely use 50% of that. So 50% of 100 is 50 amps. So divided by two, that's about two days. Mm. So you, you can quickly get an appreciation of what appliances draw, how long your battery system's going to last, and hell, I'm going to have to really think about some solar replenishment uh, or other means, and we'll talk about those a little bit later. Yeah, we'll go to um, our sponsors right now and another tune by Lisa Mitchell. But stay with us, you're listening to Annette and they're Mike on Adventure Before Dementia. Oh, stress, mate. That's an impressive camper trailer. Where'd you get that? Mate. 
I bought it from the dirt off-road campers in Mount Barker. They specialise in Australian-made premium off-road campers designed to get you there and back in comfort and they're great to deal with too. Who are they, mate? The dirt off-road campers at 26 Bike Crescent, Mount Barker. Now that I've given you the dirt, I suggest you get to the dirt yourself. The dirt off-road campers. Check out the dirt for wd.com.au. Hills Radio Sponsor. You're listening to Adventure Before Dementia here on 88.9 FM. Hills Radio with Anita and Mike until nine o'clock this morning, but we do have a special guest coming up after 8.30, Mr Stuart Peddle. That was supposed to be a drum roll. Anyway, we digress. We are talking battery management this morning, a critical part of your 4x4 or camping enjoyment. Especially if you want to have cold beer when you're camping. Yes, or child and air if you don't mind. Oh, sorry, child and air. And before the break, we were talking about what appliances draw. I mean, sometimes, like uh, a lot of people, you just go camping, the power's there one day, and then the power's not, and then you scratch your head and say, well, why is that? And that's why you delve into uh, a bit of battery management as we're doing this morning. So uh, before the break, we were talking about using the formula, watts divided by volts equals amps. Keep in mind your battery supply in your four-wheel drive will generally be 100 amp-hour battery. Uh, You've only got 50 amps of that that you can use. So uh, it's important to work out how many amps each appliance draws. And then you can work out, oh, okay, gee, the fridge will only run for two days without any replenishment. And then the Chardonnay, (laughs) my dear, will be warm. Another way you can monitor things is by using a watts meter. Now, this is just a little device that you can make up yourself. We've got uh, got some instructions on our website on how to do it. It's got some advantages and some disadvantages. Essentially, you can plug your fridge into it. It'll tell you what the instantaneous draw on the batteries are of that device or... uh, um, you can leave it in overnight and work out the overnight draw because, you know, fridge will run mm. not all the time. So when it's on, let's say it's drawing two amps. When it's off, it's off. It's no amps. Over over 24 hours, what does it draw? Does it draw 24 amps, 36 amps or more? You don't know until you start monitoring power use. What about if you've got a freezer with that fridge? Yeah, that's going to be sucking uh, probably 50% more. Oh. So you do have to be thinking about how am I going to replenish that charge? Mm. Now, the other way is you can start getting really into it and start doing a bit of trial and error. So essentially, mm. each morning you've got your little notebook, you go out there. <laughs> um, obviously, the batteries have been resting overnight, so you're getting an accurate charge at that time, in it, and it might say 12.3 volts. So you know at that point it's pretty low, it's getting down to that 12.2 mark uh, and you're going to have to replenish some of that during the day and most people do that via solar. Mm. So so you might write at the end of the day, um, okay, we got four hours of good sunshine, it was clear sunshine, approximate uh, derivation of solar charges, you know, four amps for your panel, whatever, write down 16 amps there and then at the end of the night before you go to bed you might write down the voltage as well so the next morning um, presuming you haven't drawn too much during the day in theory you should have more than 12.3 volts you know depending what happens during the night whether you have a big party and turn on all your music and all that (laughs) 
and all sort the of lights. stuff. <laughs> but it is a trial and error, and it is a, a very general approach because you're not you, you you don't have any understanding of what your appliances are drawing. It's just a it's just very general. So that is another method, and. After our next song, we will talk with Stuart about battery management systems because he knows all about those. But essentially, they take all the hard work out of it for you. Oh, okay. That's interesting too. So with both charging systems and monitoring systems. so They do yeah, it all for you. That's it. So you don't have to understand what a volt is. Oh, uh. it, it, you know... <laughs> Has you know distance to empty like the computer mm. on your car with the fuel. Yep. Distance to empty. I can work that out when the car's going to be empty. <laughs> it's the based batteries. On, yeah. So it's distance to empty based on the current discharge rate. So with the fridge on and the lights on, like you've got. Mm. Um, distance. No, not distance. Time to full recharge. So you know how many days, hours, whatever at the at the current charge rate. So you might be getting solar charge, you might be getting DC charge, uh, you might be plugged into 240 at the local caravan park. Mm. So and, it's, uh, and all that is driven by the size of the charges and other things. Mm. Mm. But I'm not really an expert on that compared to Stuart, so why don't we roll into a song and then talk to Stuart more about that. Yeah, right. Guitar. You're listening to Adventure Before Dementia here on 88.9 FM. Lovely Hills Radio, who is the voice of the hills, and we're playing... Um, a bit of Matt Corby right now, but stay with us because we're talking about batteries while you're camping. Power. Power while you're camping. Battery management. And battery management. Venture Before Dementia is proudly brought to you by station sponsors The Dirt, 26 Light Crescent, Mount Barker, for all your off-road camping needs. And you're back. G'day. How's it going? <laughs> oh, very well, but thank you for asking. You weren't talking to me. Very good. No. We are talking, talking about battery management this morning on the line from Red Arc Electronics, a great South Australian company. As we were saying earlier, we've got Stuart Peddle. He's a he's a four wheel drive enthusiast. Good morning, Stuart. Good morning, Mike and Anita. How are you? Hello, good. And yourself? <laughs> Very well, thank you. Freezing though. Oh. So, <laughs> Stuart, before the break, we were talking about calculating power use using the old manual methods. Can you tell us a little bit about battery management systems? Yeah, sure. So um, as you've uh, sort of gone through, is, uh, the first step is to work out what your power consumption is to find out, you know, how much reserve capacity you need stored away in order to run the equipment that you want. And then second to that is um, selecting the battery for the location that you're going to install it and one that's appropriate to run those sorts of loads, like a deep cycle battery. Um, And then you need to go about charging that battery um, from various sources, depending on how you're going to be travelling. So, so Stuart, if I can ask, um, I've just bought bought myself a 200 series, or let's just pretend for a moment that I have. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo! It's got, uh, I've lifted the bonnet, it's got two batteries under there. Surely one of those uh, has been designed to run my appliances? Yeah, look, something like if you take the 200 series, for example, in the previous model would come out with two starting batteries. Mm-hmm. and they're joined together in parallel, so they're essentially one large battery. Now, it's no different to having one big battery under the bonnet of your car where they're dedicated for the starting and charging system of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. And it's very important to realise that 
if you connect loads to those batteries that you're going to run while you're stopped or while the engine is off, you'll discharge those batteries both equally, just like if you had one battery under the bonnet. Uh-huh. So it's very important to have a battery isolation system um, that can actually uh, charge the battery that you want to run those loads off while you're stopped and then isolate that battery from the vehicle start battery or in the case of the 200 batteries um, so that you don't discharge those batteries because even though you've got a bit more capacity there, you yep. still will eventually flatten them to the point where you won't start the vehicle. Fair enough. So the basic way to do that is with a, a dual battery isolator and that's the traditional way that we've done it for many, many years and it's a very effective way of protecting that start battery from being discharged into your auxiliary loads. Yep. Um, nowadays, there's, there's other methods, particularly with uh, modern vehicles with different types of charging systems coming out, yep. um, where you can actually use an in-vehicle battery charger. Mm-hmm. It works just like a charger that you plug into the wall at home, but it's using the vehicle as the power source as you're driving along to charge the auxiliary battery as it's designed um, and still effectively protect that vehicle starting system so that you can start the vehicle in the morning after running all your gear at site. Oh, thank goodness for that. You want to start your vehicle afterwards, don't you? That's, <laughs> That's it. Right. Otherwise, it's warm Chardonnay. <laughs> Otherwise, it's, OK, guys, let's push. <laughs> <laughs> Probably can't do that with a 200. Anyway. <laughs> so back on the battery management uh, question then, Sue. Um... So they have a number of charges built into them, don't they? Yeah, that's right. So things like in-vehicle chargers will have a number of different um, charge settings, if you like, because all different batteries essentially take a different charge profile um, to get them to 100% charge. And as you would have talked about with um, you know voltage and knowing how much power is in your battery, it's critical not only to be conservative with your loads and understanding how much you're going to use but it's critical to fully charge the battery again after Mm -hmm. so that you get optimum battery life because even deep cycles that are designed to be cycled to a lower state of charge do live uh, longer if they are fully charged to a a full state of charge so um, if you look at your different battery chemistries and you look at the data sheet for the battery that you own you'll see the way that the manufacturer intended it to charge in terms of voltage, and it's good to match a charging system to that voltage to um, get it up to full, and, and that's what the in-vehicle charger will do. Yep. No worries. And um, how, do, how do these battery management systems let you know what's going on? Sure. So some of the more advanced systems um, that are available that are a full battery management system will incorporate some measurement components in the system. Um, these measurement components can be referred to as a shunt, which is a current measuring device or a battery sensor. Yep. And what that does is that actually knows the battery's uh, type and size, and it measures all of the current into and out of the battery, just like the calculations would do in a theoretical manner. Um, it does that live and on the go continuously. So it says, right, I've got a 100 amp hour battery connected to me. I've had 50 amp hours taken from me and take into some consideration the efficiencies of the battery and so on. And it'll say, you know, you've got half a battery left or 50% left in that battery to use. Yep. And likewise, it can do the reverse for you. So a bit like the example of the trip meter in your car, 
um, you can see how long it's going to take to fill up the battery as well as how long it's going to take to discharge it. So it's great to understand those volts and amps. Mm-hmm. It's very easy when we can actually um, put those in front of you in a in a meaningful manner, uh, like time. So, you know, time till full and time till flat based on a percentage of charge of uh, energy that's left in your battery. And how is that information displayed to the user? So in something like a, a Red Arc battery management system, um, there's a display panel that gives you a bar graph and shows you what percentage of, of fuel is in your tank. and uh, then simply uh, figures of time, so hours until full or hours until flat or days until flat. So some really easy, quick, give a quick glance, no guesswork about it type information um, so you can see exactly what's going on and go about enjoying your your stay there rather than worrying about your battery. Fantastic. I think we're going to roll into a song now. Stuart, if you wouldn't mind hanging on the line, we're going to come back after the break, uh, maybe talk about uh, other components in battery management systems. No problem. You're listening to Adventure Before Dementia here on 88.9 FM, Hills Radio. Uh, Anita and Mike, we until are 9 o'clock. Together at the this same morning. time, which is very annoying <laughs> for the listener. But we are talking battery management this morning. We've got Stuart Peddle, a 12-volt enthusiast, expert, all of the above, on the line, talking battery management. Stuart. Yes, g'day. <laughs> How are you? Good. Yeah, very well. Uh, a little bit foggy down here, but uh, staying warm. <laughs> yep, that's good. Now, before the break, we were t- just talking about uh, various sort of battery management systems and some of the uh, features of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, are there any other things that are worthy of mention, Stuart? Yeah, absolutely. I suppose uh, some of the more modern vehicles now, like I mentioned before, are needing more involved uh, charging systems for uh, their dual battery setup. Um, and a lot of this stems from different types of alternators that are being used on vehicles now. Mm-hmm. So uh, traditionally, we've had alternators that we refer to as fixed voltage. <coughs> Excuse me. Yep. And they. Uh, we'll put out a constant voltage all of the time and it's quite a good voltage, around about 14 volts plus in order to charge your auxiliary battery. Uh, now we're seeing alternators on modern vehicles that actually change their regulated output voltage uh, in order to conserve fuel, which is great for the start battery. You know, the vehicle knows everything about the start battery and, and can monitor everything that's going on there. Uh, but throwing an extra battery in the back of the vehicle gets a bit more complicated because the vehicle doesn't take that into account. And so that's where the technology of DC to DC charging comes in, mm-hmm. uh, in in vehicle battery chargers. And that allows you to have the vehicle operate as the manufacturer intended it to and the alternator to work how it was designed. Uh, but it essentially presents a load to the vehicle, no different to turning your lights on or wipers on and the alternator will produce more current to provide power to that in-vehicle charger, which converts the voltage and current levels to the, the right amount for the particular auxiliary battery that you have installed. So if you've got a camper trailer on behind and you've got a DC charger fitted in the car, does that mm-hmm. charge? Does that DC charger also charge the camper trailer batteries? Look, it can do, depending on how it's wired. Uh, there is a better way. Um, but it can do that. The main reason there's a better way is that we've got the, this uh, voltage drop that we need to deal with, which is 
where you have a long cable run, you lose some energy or voltage across that cable run and voltage is the force that uh, pushes the power down to the battery uh, and to get it to charge. And the benefit of the DC charger is that it does a very good job of overcoming voltage drop, but it must be at the destination, not at the source. So it's good at pulling the voltage down the line, not pushing it down the line. So ideally in the application where you have a battery in your camper, you would have a DC charger in the camper dedicated to that battery, uh, which enables you to overcome the voltage drop down that long cable run. Mm-hmm. Yep, fair enough. What about um, <clears throat> what about um, so in the, these uh, complex battery management systems that you were talking about? <clears throat> so mm-hmm. there is a they have a DC DC charger. Yep, that's correct. They do your, your DC to DC charging, your AC to DC charging, so it allows yep. you to plug into mains power as well. And that might be while you're at a powered site. Um, you know, you stop into those places sometimes, even if you are really keen on free camping, if you need to uh, have a hot shower and, and do the washing. Um, you can also charge your battery up at that time. Or some people, if even if you are a very heavy power consumer, you might have a generator that you can run at times and top yep. the battery up through AC that way. And of course, also a maximum power point tracking solar regulator. So you can yep. have your 12 volt solar panels connect up to it and have them charge your battery as well. So that's all packaged in the one unit? Yeah, that's right. The, the Red Arc product is a, um, an all-in-one and does all of those charging sources along with monitoring um, and also has some features like uh, load disconnect so you can actually have it turn components off in your electrical system. Uh, So if you leave the lights on or something like that while you've gone out for a bushwalk, you can get it to turn the lights off if the battery's getting too flat so that you can ensure that your fridge will keep on running. That's good. Mm. And these uh, these DC-DC chargers that you talk about, they seem to be quite a popular thing these days in four-wheel drives for people that go touring, just for that, I suppose, that uh, better utilisation of your batteries that you've got. Yeah, um, is that what you're seeing? Yeah, absolutely. It's a combination of things. It's um, the, the the information and knowledge is out there a lot better now in terms of what batteries actually require. Um, but you've also got the popularity of um, like commercial vehicles like Utes and things like that, um, and where manufacturers are, are using this uh, variable voltage or smart alternator type system, where you really must have a DC to DC charger coupled with the fact that a lot of the vehicles now you can't always fit an auxiliary battery under the bonnet. You're quite often putting the battery down in the ute tub or Mm -hmm. underneath on the chassis or, you know, in the camper trailer where you've got that long cable run to deal with. Yep. So uh, let's just look at a... Someone's just gone out and bought a four-wheel drop. They Mm -hmm. want to go camping and, you know, do all all the things that... Um, and run the appliances that people want to run these days, so fridge, lights and charging kids' toys and other things. Yeah. What, what would you describe as the, you know, essentially the the basics that someone needs to do to modify their four-wheel drive, like for those sort of things? And and maybe also mention uh, most four-wheel drives have got a, a an outlet in the back of the back. Is that is that going to run my fridge okay? Yeah, look, the the outlets that come in the back of 
uh, four-wheel drives nowadays, particularly in the wagons, are, of course, powered by the vehicle start battery. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're great for running appliances while you are driving. Yep. Um, so let's say you um, live on a property and you go into town to uh, get some groceries and you just need to run the fridge for that period of time while you're driving into and out of town um, or charge something while you're on the move. Uh, those sorts of accessory sockets are really good. Um, but if you want to run that fridge while you stop, uh, that's where you start running into needing something a little bit extra like a, a secondary battery that's dedicated mm-hmm. to running that device. Mm. And many of the um, accessory sockets that are in the back of vehicles from standard are controlled by the vehicle ignition or accessory circuit. Yep. So essentially when you turn the vehicle off and take the keys out, the device will stop running because there's no power then supplied to that socket. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so, so the, sorry, sorry, you go. The basic modifications that you'd normally do for the four-wheel drive is, is work through that process that you've described of understanding what it is that you want to run, do your calculations and get a get an idea of uh, how big a storage bank that you want, leaving yourself a, a bit of a buffer, and then um, going about identifying where you can fit a battery to suit that task in the vehicle. Uh, whether it can be in the engine bay or underneath the chassis or some vehicles now even behind the back seat in some of the utes. Um, and then it's about selecting the right battery for the location that you're going to install it. Because, mm-hmm. um, for example, you don't want a battery inside of the cabin that is going to uh, vent uh, gas as it's charging, so you need a sealed battery for that location. Yeah. Um, then understand or, or have a look up on what type of charging system your vehicle has, whether a basic dual battery isolator is going to do what you need or whether you need to look into something a bit more advanced like an in-vehicle battery charger um, and whether when you're out there using it, whether you want to be able to plug it into mains or use solar, then you can look at taking that ne- next step up again to a battery management system. Yep. Hmm, interesting. Very interesting. And. Uh, <clears throat> I've just got frowned at for coughing, <laughs> nevertheless. Um, and do you find that most people are running a sort of fatter cable down to the back of the car to run this fridge? Yeah, look, it is a, a critical um, component is the wiring. I mean, you can have the best product in the world uh, down there to charge the battery, but if you've got a poor insulation or wiring going down to it, then it's no better than the worst product, you know? So. Yeah. Um, voltage drop is uh, one of those things that you need to contend with. So um, there's many good voltage drop calculators around where you can enter in how long your cable run is. Uh, so you measure up how long that cable is going to be, punch in the numbers on what the current flow is required down that cable, and then you can uh, get out the information on what size cable it is that you need to run down that length. And it's critical to also then have a look at the specification of the cable that you use uh, because there's differences in the way that cable is rated as Mm -hmm. to how thick the insulation is and how thick the copper inside is. So there's a a little bit of uh, uh, sort of research to do, Mm -hmm. um, but of course many of your your good auto electricians and four-wheel drive source can help you out with that as well. Excellent. Right, uh, thanks very much for talking to us today. Uh, but before you go, <laughs> any trips coming up? What's coming up on the Stuart Pedal calendar? 
Uh, well, the Variety Club bash is coming up, actually. So um, I'm in the shed as we speak uh, with my crew and we're um, actually fitting out a, a new trailer oh, wow. um, that we're going to run as our mobile workshop this year for the Variety Club bash. So I'm um, gearing up for that one. Very excited. Oh, and <laughs> what date is that? Because they're starting in the main street here in Mount Barker, aren't they? They are uh, starting in the main street there in Mount Barker. I can't actually tell you off the top of my head what it is. I think it's the second week in, in August. So yep. get onto um, the Variety SA website and you can see all the information there. Yes. Yeah, we start start at Mount Barker, so really looking forward to seeing you guys there. Yeah, 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 we'll get you up here and we'll have a chat with you about your rig and what, what your role is in the Variety Bash as well. Cause that's, if you're available, of course, you might right. be We'll drag you away. Busy. You got, you got hot coffee there, I'll be there. Oh, I'll try. <laughs> Thank you so much, Stuart. Great to talk to you as always, and we will... Look forward to chatting to you next time. That's right. Excellent. Thank you for having me. Great. Thanks, mate. Bye. See you then.